La, 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 Hello and welcome to another episode of Big Lash Energy. I'm your host, Jaina Marie. Today, we're wrapping up the heartbreak story so epic, it had to be a trilogy. If you haven't listened to episodes 9 and 10 yet, then can you please start there or none of this is going to make that much sense. Now, if you listen to the first two episodes, I'm going to recap just to catch you up to speed, just to remind you of what we've been through up to this point. Dee and I met in Mexico, had a surprise pregnancy within two weeks of meeting, then I caught him cheating, so we broke up. After that, we met in Vegas, where we made up, got matching tattoos, and decided we wanted to try being a family on purpose this time. I got pregnant, then we said goodbye the day after finding out, counted down the days till the ultrasound, but lost the baby the day before. And hours later, he broke up with me. Then, eight months later, after trying to rebuild myself, he hit me up crying, saying that he missed me. And my bestie did her detective work and found out that he and the ex I was told not to worry about, the one who reached out to me herself, saying that they were only friends, posted that they'd actually been together for the past seven years. What the fuck? All I know is after seeing that Facebook post, I had plenty of theories as to what must have happened. But I was way off and I'll bet you are too. Tim, can you please play the theme music so we can get into it? We've got a lot to cover today. Welcome to Big Lash Energy, dedicated to helping you navigate life's hurdles with your head held high. We're celebrating wins, learning from our losses, and laughing at ourselves along the way. <laughs> now here's your favorite hype woman, Jaina Marie. Jaina Marie. Contrary to what you may be thinking after hearing this story, I am not stupid. <laughs> My sister can't wait for this little story to be over. She goes, Jaina, no one is going to ever take your advice after hearing this story. You look like an idiot. Well, I'm not an idiot. I had all kinds of gut feelings and questions regarding what was happening behind my back. But there's something that I've discovered about being lied to by someone that you love. Your head can be 90% certain that something is up. You can be almost completely sure that you're being lied to, but your heart will be cheering for that tiny 10% chance that maybe you're wrong. I love being right. In fact, fuck, I love you. I'm pretty sure you are right are my three favorite words. <laughs> Actually, if you were to say, Jaina, how are you always so right? It literally makes my nipples hard. <laughs> I love being right, but in this case, I was putting all my money on the hope that my gut and logic were wrong. After all, he did have very reasonable explanations for literally any question that I might have had, and if I was right, it would have meant the death of the dream that I was very heavily invested into. So, now back to that Facebook post. To be honest, I was completely unsurprised by seeing the two of them together at that moment. After all, we'd been broken up for eight months at that point, and she had never fully disappeared the whole time he and I were together, so the chances were high that they could have rekindled their flame. It was the caption that killed me. Happy seven-year anniversary? Are you fucking kidding me? We'd been together for two years. To add insult to injury, over those eight months that we were apart, she'd made the posts that she'd originally blocked me from public. So there was also a pic of them dated the day after he'd left me, the day after we found out that we were pregnant, and they were out for dinner, arm in arm, with the twists in his hair that I had just finished doing the day before. And this time it said, 
He's too cute. With a heart eyes emoji and hashtag lover, hashtag bae, hashtag partner in crime. Seeing this shit put a pit in my stomach so big, I could taste it in my mouth. I sent the screenshots to him while I got ready for work. What the fuck is this? I said. I'm sure this was the last thing he was expecting to see from me after his whole come to Jesus phone call a few nights earlier on New Year's Eve. So he texted back almost immediately. He goes, oh my God, would you like me to explain or have you figured it out yourself? I said, no, no, I I definitely need you to explain. I loaded my gear into the car and I started my drive to work. My mind was racing with theories as to what might have happened. Maybe her posts were just her crazy ass messing with me again. Old pics she put up just to fuck with me. It wouldn't surprise me at all. She'd blocked me from her Facebook and made her account private, but would often post things that seemed very directed to me that any of my friends could see. Like, if you haven't met his parents yet, you are not his girlfriend. Hashtag sorry, not sorry. Hashtag Becky with the good hair. She always hashtagged Becky with the good hair when she was directing something towards me. I guess she saw herself in D as like Beyonce and Jay-Z, which still cracks me up to this day. Like, baby girl, Jay-Z wouldn't need to date women all across Canada to con enough money to buy you dinner. And Beyonce doesn't need to put in a formal request into human resources in order to take a week off work. So sit the fuck down, okay? Also, there are much worse things to be called than Becky with the good hair, so I'll take it. Because I promise you, none of the things that I'd call her would be so kind. (laughs) Another theory that I had was maybe I was actually messaging D on the day that I thought I was talking to her. Maybe he'd hacked her account or asked her to use it or something. Or maybe she was just under the impression that we were friends. Either way, I needed to hear D's explanation. My phone rang loudly over my car speakers on my drive to my bride's house, and D spoke very carefully. He goes, First of all, you have to know how hard this is for me to say. It's a lie that got out of control, and I didn't know how to stop it. I said, cut the bullshit, D, just get to the point. Okay, well, when I saw you in Mexico, I knew you were my person. I knew we were meant to be, but I was in a relationship. I had no right trying to be with you, but I couldn't let you get away. So I claimed you as my own and hoped I'd figure out my situation at home. But, as you know, I lost my job, so I couldn't end things with her, or I would have had nowhere to go. Then, the longer I had to stay with her, the bigger the lie got, and the harder it was for me to tell you the truth. I should have just told you. I should have been transparent so you could have made your own decision. But I was trying to control the situation, and I really didn't want to lose you. I said, yeah, great, that all sounds good or whatever, but you're still not explaining anything about Beyonce. Why the fuck did she tell me you guys were only friends? This This is is where where it gets gets crazy. crazy. Remember when he came to visit me right after Christmas when he brought the presents for me at the very beginning of our relationship? Well, back then, I'd given him a card that said that my Christmas gift to him was a trip for two anywhere in the world. Well, when he went back home, she found that card and freaked out. She was asking who I was, and he told her, and she was devastated. But somehow, somehow along the way, he convinced her that he could love two people and that maybe they should just have an open relationship. In other words, she knew about me the entire time, right from the very beginning. Not only that, 
She hid their relationship from me, keeping any pics of the two of them private, even lying to me over text about just being friends. Remember when Dee and I met in Las Vegas, the one and only time I didn't pay for his flight despite him having no work? You know how he got there? She paid for his flight to come and visit me. She paid because she knew that he was sad about having lost the baby with me. Yeah, she also knew about the pregnancy. Can you fucking believe it? She knew about both pregnancies and apparently... I don't even like saying this out loud. Apparently, she said that she was willing to help us raise the child. Oh, like literally, my throat just closed up saying that out loud. Over my dead body. Seriously. I asked Dee about the pic of the two of them out for dinner the night after we found out we were pregnant. I said, did she know I was pregnant at the time of that photo the day after we found out? Because that really looked like a celebration dinner. And he goes, yes, she did. Is your blood boiling yet? Because saying this is literally making me want to throw this microphone across the room. Essentially, I was fucked over by two people. Hashtag partners in crime. Here I was the entire time thinking that he was hiding me from her when really they were hiding me from everyone else. Everyone else who thought they were a perfect happy couple. Remember the post he put up about me? The one on Facebook? Well, I went back to it and noticed that he didn't post it publicly. He posted it to a group. And I was wondering why at the time a whole bunch of people didn't like it. Because you know how normally when you announce a new relationship or a new person, you get like that whole big flooding of, you know, congratulations and thumbs up. Yeah, it was a very small handful of people who noticed it, including her. So the only people who could even see it was her and a small handful of close friends that he told about me. Yeah. I pulled up to my client's house and I told Dee that I really needed to get off the phone. I was in shock. I could barely think and I needed to be able to knock on her door with a smile on my face. You want to know what's crazy? My first emotion wasn't even sadness. It wasn't anger either. Of course, those things came later. Can you guess what my first emotion was? Relief. Relief. I wasn't crazy. I wasn't crazy. I wasn't wasn't crazy. crazy. I'd been feeling so, so crazy, but I was right. I was right about everything. Every gut feeling, every hunch, every red flag, every question I had was for good reason. I'd never acted like this before. I mean, there was even a point where I'd even reached out to hire a private detective. What? Who was I even? I was pregnant and confused about what was going on. So I did a phone interview with a guy who was going to charge me 700 Canadian dollars per day to keep an eye on D. Back then I was hoping to maybe catch him spending time with her but I thought sure the day I hire him Dee's gonna stay at home at his mom's house watching movies and it's gonna be a huge waste of money plus I decided for that price I'd rather fly my own ass down there see for myself and do some real damage if I had to (laughs) don't mess with a hormonal woman if you know what's good for you right meanwhile I had no idea I could have hired a detective literally any day and he would have seen something incriminating since they lived together I do remember one time joking with my friend Emily. I said, oh my God, could you imagine if Dee lived with Beyonce? She laughed and rolled her eyes and said, Jenny, you're so dramatic. That would literally be the world's biggest lie. Yes, exactly. The world's biggest lie. As soon as my booking was over, I drove home livid. I swear my eyesight was blurry the whole drive. 
Everything I'd done for him was racing to the front of my mind. Like, holy fuck. I was sending him money regularly thinking he was on his mom's couch and needed it for groceries. I had an image in my head of a man who was lonely and broke when we weren't together. I certainly wasn't thinking he was in the comfort of his own home sleeping next to someone else every night while I slept by myself. And maybe he was even taking her out for dinner with the money I was sending. (gasps) Oh my God, the money. I got to the door and raced to my laptop. I opened my Expedia account and my online banking and started doing the math. Between the flights I had paid for and the money I'd give him, this lying, cheating, scandalous son of a bitch had cost me $39,000 over two years. And that's just the things I could remember. No dick dick. on this planet is worth $39,000. Trust me. I mean, seriously, at this point, my best relationship advice would have been to go invest in a shiny new high-end vibrator with all the bells and whistles. Spend this $275 to save yourself money and a trip to the drugstore buying extra strength Tylenol. After doing the math, I stumbled in my bed for two days straight. I barely moved. I was stunned. This was a next level con job. I mean, I was duped by two people. Any insecurities I had about him and what he was up to in Chicago were squashed as soon as I talked to Beyonce because why in the world would she lie to me of all people? Was I really the side chick? The side chick he was trying to marry and have a family with? That doesn't even make sense. Wrapping my head around it made me dizzy. So many memories came flooding back and finally so much made sense. Like for example, I remember there was this one night he called me bringing up something that I'd said a few days prior. He was picking a fight with me out of nowhere. He said something about how he didn't need that kind of energy or negativity in his life right now and that he needed some space. Well, I'm not one to stick around when I'm not wanted. So I decided, fine, I'll let him be until he calls me. Well, days went by and then he finally hit me up like nothing had happened. I said, uh, did you notice we haven't talked in eight days? He goes, I don't know if you tried calling me or not because I had you blocked. This was very confusing. It seemed like a pretty bold move for a very small disagreement. But now that the truth had come out, I learned that the reason he picked a fight with me was because she had surprised him with a trip to Thailand and he needed a reason for why he'd be unreachable. The worst part was she'd posted pics of herself in Thailand with another couple and I thought that was super weird. She went away with two other people. Of course, she'd hidden any pics of him. But on one of his visits with me, he said something like, oh, in Thailand, the bathrooms are blah, blah, blah. And I cut him off. I said, please, I really don't want to know what Beyonce told you about her trip to Thailand. I would have never in a million years imagined he was actually there with her. So to recap, I had paid for trips to Mexico, two trips to Las Vegas, a trip to Los Angeles, Whistler, and the Okanagan. While Beyonce took him to Thailand, and let's not forget, the producer in Toronto brought him to Mexico for a work trip and was flying him back and forth to Chicago, buying him very expensive gifts and taking him to Raptors games as well. All over the course of the two years that I thought he and I were together. When I met him in Mexico, he was in a relationship with Beyonce, cheating on her with the show producer and then leaving the show producer's room every night to be with me. I was dating a con artist. There are seriously layers and layers to this story I could go on for days, for real. The whole thing absolutely crushed my spirit. I don't speak the language of lies and deception, so all of this seemed so foreign and unbelievable to me. 
It was clearly the worst investment of my time, energy, and money that I could have possibly imagined. And I can genuinely say that it took far too long to heal from this. One of the sayings I live by is, we win when we need a win and we lose when we need a lesson. And honey, I'm pretty sure this earned me a heartbreak PhD. I promise you, as I'm telling this story, I'm laughing to myself because the Jaina today would never put up with any of this shit. I don't need to rewrite the exam. Trust me. I got it. So here are the three most important lessons that I learned. And the last one truly changed my entire perspective on life. The first is the most obvious. Never, ever, 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 ever ignore your gut feeling. It's there for a reason. Once I went to Playa del Carmen with Ricky and we were partying in a nightclub. There was a man there who was being seriously inappropriate. He had his hands all over me. Well, the bouncer kicked him out of the club and was very sweet to us. He told us his name was Oliver and that he worked at different clubs each night. So because he made us feel safe and we were there just two girls by ourselves, we partied wherever he was working for the rest of our trip. Then on our last day, we took him out for lunch. He got my contact info and we stayed in touch once I got back to Canada. One day, he reached out to me distraught. He said that his sister was sick in Mexico City and might be dying. He really wanted to be with her. He asked if there was any way I could pay for a flight for him to be by her side in the hospital. Again, I was suspicious that he might be lying, but there was also a chance that he was telling the truth. All I could think of is that if it was my sister, I would really want to be with her if something bad happened, and it would be incredibly hard if I had no money. I used to live and work in Mexico and the minimum wage is close to $10 a day. So I decided, screw it. I'll help him in any way that I can. I looked up flights, but they were super expensive and I didn't trust him that much. So I looked up bus fares and hotel prices. I figured out that if I sent him $400, he'd have enough to get to and from Mexico City on the bus and have enough for a place to stay for a couple of nights. I sent him the money over Western Union. I was very good at sending money over Western Union. (laughs) And he was very thankful. And that night at 11 p.m., he called me saying he was about to board the red-eye bus to Mexico City and he could not thank me enough. I fell asleep with this weird feeling in my stomach. Something just wasn't right. He wasn't acting weird or anything. It just felt off. Well, that night, I dreamt that I was walking down the hallway of an old abandoned department store. There, sitting at the dusty customer service counter, was a lady in a beehive hairstyle. It looked like she'd been sitting there since the 1960s. She asked, Can I help you? And I simply asked, Am I being lied to? And she goes, without hesitation, Oh yes, you are. Well, I jumped up out of my sleep and immediately googled the bus schedule. There were absolutely no buses leaving his city anywhere near 11pm. My gut was right. In the morning, I called him and I asked where he was. He said, I'm in the bathroom on the bus. And I said, no, you're not. And he goes, you're right. I'm not. I'm sorry. He started going off on some other sob story about how his mom was sick and he was actually needing the money to send it to her, but I'd had enough. I hung up the phone and shook my head. Too bad I hadn't learned the lesson back then, because if so, Dee wouldn't have even gotten $20 out of me. The funny thing about these sorts of situations is we get embarrassed or mad at ourselves for giving so much and getting screwed over. But I decided that I'd much rather be the person in the position of having the money to be taken than the one doing the scamming. I don't need to change. The scammer does. All I'm doing is giving and loving with an open heart, and I refuse to regret that. If someone else takes advantage of me, then that's on them. Anyways, 
I got distracted. Moral of the story, don't ignore your gut feeling. The next lesson, sometimes the universe is trying to teach us something and it'll start off as a quiet whisper. But if you ignore it or keep yourself too distracted, it has to get louder and louder and louder until eventually it becomes a scream and you cannot ignore it. For example, I should have ended things light years before they ever got this bad. It wasn't enough that he lied about walking my dog or sleeping with his boss or that his ex was still very present in his life. It wasn't even bad enough that he left me the day I lost the baby. It still wasn't loud enough. I still hadn't learned. I was still waiting and hoping that maybe he'd come back. It took me finally finding out that he'd been with someone else the entire time. Me getting hurt far worse to finally realize that I could do better and that he wasn't the one for me. Now, when women tell me that something terrible that their partner did, I'll ask, so is that enough for you or do you need it to get worse? Because just wait, it'll get worse. (laughs) The most important lesson? Yeah, this one definitely changed my life. Even in our darkest, hardest, loneliest moments when we feel lost, hurt, forgotten, or disappointed, there's a reason, and God or the universe has our back. I remember reading the Footprints poem when I was a little girl. It's about a man who has a dream about footprints in the sand. He was talking to God, and he said, there was always two sets of footprints, but during the hard times in his life, there was only one. He said, you left me to walk all by myself at the hardest times of my life, and God said, no, those were the times I carried you. When I was lying in that bed on a towel soaked in blood, I'd never felt more alone. I thought everything had been taken away from me. I thought I was being punished, but I was being protected. I thought I'd lost everything when the truth was I never actually had anything to begin with. There's no way I wanted to raise a child with Dee and the woman that he was living with. I didn't have a family. I didn't even have a relationship. I was being spared the pain of being in a situation that would have been much worse, irreversible, and I had absolutely no idea. When the last episode released, a very, very sweet, well-meaning person messaged me and said, I'm hearing your story. I'm a believer in God, and I'm very confused as to why he did all this to you. He didn't do anything to me. He did this for me. I'm so thankful that this ended up happening, even though at the time, I had no idea. This is the reason I live life the way that I do now, with absolute confidence that any situation that may seem shitty has a purpose. And sure, it's easy to say everything happens for a reason. I can actually hear my mom's voice saying it in my head because I'm pretty sure she said it to me 5,000 times over the course of my life. To say it is one thing, but to genuinely believe it is an entirely different thing. If you listen to my episode, Drunk and Purseless in Los Angeles, you'll see what I mean. I truly live like I know things will work out. I fully believe that we either choose fear or faith, and we can't do both at the same time. Now that I've seen the way the universe conspires not only to protect me, but also to help me grow into a stronger, smarter woman, I'm ready for anything. Enough with the corny stuff. Where's D today? I know you're wondering. He still calls me crying, saying that he misses me on drunken nights. And on one of those nights, he asked what he could do to make things up to me. I said he could do two things. First, 
you could focus on being the best partner possible to Beyonce. She kept him around despite knowing he was in love with me, that I'd been pregnant twice, that he was flying to visit, and even tried to marry me. I said, you sacrificed the incredible thing that we had for what you had with her, so it must be amazing. So go make that the best relationship you've ever been in, please. Secondly, I said that he could pay back 20000 of the 39000 that I'd given him. I would normally never ask for anything back that I've given out of love, but that was a complete fraud. Had I known the truth, I wouldn't have paid money for any of his flights or sent him home with cash or even a penny, and he agreed. A couple of months after he agreed to it, I still hadn't received a penny. I texted him and said, now this has just become disrespect on top of disrespect. And he said, I was absolutely right. And then sent a code for a transfer that was waiting for me at Western Union. I told all my friends and family that he had finally sent me money and each of them took guesses at how much it might have been because all I had was the reference code number. I didn't know what the total was. My mom guessed $2,000. My sister said anything less than $500 would be embarrassing. A few other people said $1,000. And my friend Elsa, who was so up to her eyeballs in his bullshit, joked, you're lucky if you get $100. I got in line at Western Union. When I finally got to the cashier, I told her a bit about the story. She'd put the code in and was looking at the screen with the amount on it while I finished telling her that everyone in my life was making bets as to how much it was for. She goes, so what were some of the guesses? I told her, And she smiled. She goes, he sent you $237. With the exchange rate, that meant that he had sent me 200 US. Cool. So I'm going to be 97 years old before this dummy pays me back. Well, those payments only came somewhat consistently for about five months. And then they stopped. But are we really surprised? I know Elsa wasn't. Once I knew this podcast was going to happen, I told him what I was doing and that I'd be talking about what happened between us. He said he hated that so many of my horrible life experiences were because of him, but it's my story to tell and that he wouldn't try to stop me. Stop. Screenshotted that conversation, saving it for the lawyers later. (laughs) So what happened to Beyonce? Oh boy. She's still living in her little fantasy world, posting couples selfies like she doesn't care that he'll never be happy with just her. She has me blocked, but I've seen her page a couple of times while drinking margaritas with friends. And based on her posts, it's clear she's keeping tabs on me. She constantly posts responses to whatever I do, which is a giant waste of time since I only see her shit when I'm super bored and tipsy. (laughs) I cracked up so hard when I saw her most recent anniversary post. It said something like, Happy nine years to the love of my life. You've taught me so much about how to love myself, stand up for myself, blah, 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 a bunch of cringy stuff. And then she finished it off with, I hope the next nine years are exactly the same. (laughs) Exactly? Are you sure about that, Muffin? So you hope that he finds two other girlfriends in Canada on opposite sides of the country, leaves you alone for days on end while he tries to make families with them? I'd like to politely recommend that you aim higher. (laughs) The best part is that his mom, who knew about me and the pregnancies, commented underneath her post saying, well, I sure hope some things are different. At least someone has her head screwed on straight. I never blocked her because I figure, sure, come watch me. I'm still cuter and more successful than you. And see this smile on my face? This is what it looks like when you're not stressing over a scam artist. Winning! My therapist asked me why I seemed more upset with Beyonce than I was with Dee. 
Well, I've always believed that there's no point being upset with the other woman because she's not the one who was in the relationship. You don't know what she was told and your real beef should be with the man who cheated. But in this case, she knew she lied to me. She's the reason I believed his shit. And it all seemed quite suspicious. Like she did it because she benefited from the money I was sending. Plus, I wasn't in love with her. (laughs) Like she was just a nuisance to me. I'm really not sure what her motivation was. Maybe she's just an insecure woman hypnotized by his dick thinking that she can't get any better. Who knows? But maybe one day when I'm done fantasizing about her waking up without any eyebrows, I'll pray for her. Until then, she can go fuck herself. (laughs) One thing I know for sure is the next time a man tells me he wants one threesome a year to get his evil out... I'll tell him that you're now officially entitled to as many threesomes as you want because you've earned yourself a front row seat in the friend zone. Enjoy the show! <laughs> so, what do you think? Did you enjoy the roller coaster ride that was my ultimate heartbreak? I'm not gonna lie, it feels like I'm pulling a Taylor Swift over here, turning my breakups into, you know, award winning albums, but hey, why not? If you get some entertainment from it, it was all worth it. <laughs> If this trilogy had you looking like the mind-blown emoji, could you pretty please share this podcast somewhere? You have no idea how much I appreciate posts on social media. It's the only way this tribe is going to grow. And I heard every time you share this podcast, a cheater gets erectile dysfunction. It's true. (laughs) Now, until next time, please go be your most fabulous self. And don't forget to spread that badass big lash energy everywhere you go. Thanks so much. Goodbye. Close, that's why I'm yelling, damn, change up.